As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here on Thursday, October 7th, getting ready for Week 5 of the NFL season. Week 5 ranking show coming at you right now. I am Michael Beller. I am here with Brandon Funston. Funston, what's up? What's going on, guys? Uh, And also Jake Seeley with us. Maybe he's got a little bit more to say than Funston this morning. What's going on, Jake? I just like the fact that you're like hesitating about you're just trying to get back in the saddle over there. Uh, let's see who we check in with. Oh, wait, who do I do this show with? <laughs> By the way, uh, a what's a what's up is kind of like a hey, you know, that's I was throwing one right back. I didn't know you wanted me to go off on, you know, some little tangent about something. I'm happy. Well, yeah, to no, been no, here okay. forever. I mean, you could like, you know, set a little bit more. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's eight. It's eight in the morning where you are. So uh, it's okay. We'll let you. We'll let you ease into the show a little bit as we. That's how much Funston cares about all you guys out there. By the yeah, way, doing right. this at eight in the morning local time. Jake, it's eleven where Jake is. It's ten where I am. We've been up for hours. Funston's eight yeah. in the morning. He just gets right on the computer and brings it. Brings the week five. <laughs> and and you skipped over the week that I could actually say anything about Notre Dame because then they went and lost to Cincinnati. So we really have nothing to talk about for either one of us, Mike. He yeah, was talking you know, about him while you were gone. It just, you know, I think it, he, you know, didn't have the impact that he was hoping it would have. On I me. mean, I could have told you, <laughs> I could have told you at the start of this season that any any team that's led by Jack Cohen is not sort of the team that you want to. Really oh yeah, that, I said I said at the beginning, of the like you are a graduate transfer from Wisconsin. What does that tell you? Like, no offense to Jack Cohen, but come on. And yeah. then people were like, well, what about Russell Wilson? I was like, who was a graduate transfer who went to Wisconsin? Yeah. He didn't come from Wisconsin. 
No, no, not at all. And man, that was what a glorious year that was. We can just talk about that Russell Wilson, Wisconsin year if you guys want, but uh, I don't think anyone else wants that. So let's move on. Let's get into some week five NFL talk here. Let's uh, start talking about the rankings. We got a lot to get to today. We're going to start at the quarterback position. We're going to start with uh, two quarterbacks who are uh, the future of their franchises. One of them we know for sure is starting this week. The other one we are 99.9999999% sure is starting this week as well. Let's just talk about them as a heads up battle. Jake, you can start this one off. Justin Fields or Trey Lance, who has the better week five? Week five specifically is Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance just was a top 20 quarterback in a half of a game. (laughs) And that's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. And part of it is something we talked about in the preseason. We said Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, which has been a discussion a lot. And in the preseason, I admittedly had said, if you gave me talent, it's Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. If you factor in the context of who they play for, it's Trey Lance over Justin Fields if we knew both are starting. Right now, we know both are starting, at least for week five. Uh, Going forward, Fields got the stamp. Lance doesn't. But... It's it's Lance as starter, and you know, long term for this season, I still think it's Fields because he's officially got the job. But for Week Five, that's all that matters. It's Week Five. It's Trey Lance. Yeah, and we've seen Justin Fields be a reluctant runner so far. I mean, the 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 rushing yards props on Justin Fields have been way off. I mean, they're expecting him to run for forty plus, and he's just not doing it. So. We haven't seen that happen yet either. We saw Trey Lance put up 40 yards and a half, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. So he looked terrible and he could look <laughs> absolutely awful against this Arizona Cardinals defense. I, but I still think this could be one of those ugly in reality, but still works out okay in fantasy. Yeah, I already Absolutely. said that for somebody funston. It's like, so like, did you see the ducks he's throwing? I was like, it's a good thing your league doesn't count for duck throws in right. fantasy. It, count, <laughs> it counts for that rushing upside, though. Right. <laughs> hey, gotta believe uh, we're going to see a little bit more running out of fields this week. That first start against Cleveland, throw it out the window. Uh, looked like they were basically running an Andy Dalton offense with Justin Fields playing quarterback a little bit more last week. Not quite as much. Excuse me, as we would expect to see. I think we see it a little bit more from him this week against the Raiders. But exciting times, certainly, in Chicago and San Francisco with these two guys starting, and both of them certainly viable fantasy starters. Woo, excuse me, guys, depending on what else you've got going on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like... <clears throat> working on something here. I don't know what, you know, the throat, it's getting back in the groove here after being out for a week. You know, it was that really Hawaii, in the groove this that season. That disgusting Hawaiian air got down here through. I, right? Right? <laughs> it, it, totally. I don't even know. What, I don't know. What, now I'm back in the Midwest. I don't even know what to do with this stuff. Um, back in a groove this year, or in a groove maybe for the first time, is Sam Darnold. And here's my question for you guys. And Funson, why don't you take this one first? So Sam Darnold has played like a QB1 this season. He's done it on the strength of five rushing touchdowns, which you know we can debate about how uh, sustainable that is for him. But um, like, if you have Sam Darnold on your team, obviously you've either picked him up or you drafted him as a backup. So who would have to be the other quarterback on your team that you'd be starting Sam Darnold over with consistency? Um... I, I mean, maybe like a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow, if you did, if you did some kind of a combo like that, or, mm-hmm. um, but look to the upside of his rushing TDs. I mean, he has five, he had five in his career and three seasons before that, you know, he's <laughs> running at the goal line. If, if Christian McCaffrey's there, are they even bothering messing around with Sam Donald <clears throat> doing that all the time? Mm-hmm. Look at that little, that little RPO play. They run at the goal line. This is a the league that figures things out pretty quickly. I expect that they'll be ready for that going forward because, you know, it's kind of become a thing now with them. So, um, 
I would set the over under on rushing TDs the rest of the year, probably at like two and a half. You know, that's that's where we're at. But give him credit. I mean, he's averaging almost 300 yards per game. He's got a good group of guys to throw with. Joe Brady's a legit offensive coordinator, unlike what he had with the Jets. So I, I think he's a solid kind of middle teens quarterback going forward. And I put him in that range with the Trevor Lawrence's and the Joe Burrows and, and guys that you can look at the matchup and say, you know what? I like Darnold better this week. I'm going to go with Darnold. Oh, I Jake, you're going right. I thought like yep, you're studying I, up that. I read them. I, you're going right into the next question. Next question. Same exact thing for you, but let's talk about okay. Daniel Jones. How far has he risen to the extent that you would be thinking about starting him over whoever else your quarterbacks are? It's going to be matchup dependent, and both of them are in the same conversation as the names that Fonson just threw out, or Trevor Lawrence, Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. Uh, you could say probably even like a Kirk Cousins, even though he had the hot start in the first three games. But all these kind of quarterbacks that are kind of matchup dependent. And Daniel Jones, I actually have over Sam Darnold this week going against the Cowboys. I know Diggs has been a great lockdown corner, and that's actually why I have Kenny Galladay a little bit lower than people might expect this week. But the thing with Daniel Jones is his rushing I trust more than Sam Darnold's because his rushing – quote-unquote, between the 20s versus the Sam Darnold at the goal line rushing touchdowns, and that's what it comes down to. So they're always going to be very close, and those are all the same names I was looking at. I mean, I could tell you it was like Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, Tannehill, Derek Carr in order. Those, It's just that group. It's the guys basically Mm -hmm. once you get outside the top 10, 11, and so all those guys are going to be matchup dependent. Since we're talking about these guys, let's bring in a question here from Disco Dave. Dave, thanks for watching us. We've talking about a group of these quarterbacks, Fields, Lawrence, Lance, Jones. Rest of season, if you're leaning on one, who are you leaning on, Brandon? Well, it says if your quarterback doesn't get rushing yards. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, I mean, two of these guys or three of these guys are going to get rushing yards, right? No, no, but it says Maybe all four if of you, them. yeah. But uh, okay. I, think I was reading this as is like his league doesn't give you the rushing yards for fantasy. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Let's just take it as as it is. Those four guys, rest of season. Who are you leaning on? If you can lean on one, I'm, yeah, I'm reading like my quarterback doesn't get me rushing yards. I I want to pick up somebody. Who yeah, does. yeah, that's yeah. all. Like a a, like a Kirk Cousins, uh, Baker Mayfield situation. Matt Ryan. Oh gosh, I I might I throw out the shock here, but I might go Daniel Jones. Look at I. I think the rushing stuff is going to stay. I know it's not designed rushing stuff, but I think he has the green light to just take off and scramble. Well, that's mode. why it's going to stay. That's it's why not it's designed. Gonna... And the offensive line is still getting shuffled again in week five. So <laughs> right, that's why yeah. it's going to stay. But look at yeah. Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. You got a bunch of uh, other receivers back in the mix now that are looking like mm-hmm. legit weapons. There's a lot. And, it, you know, the game script should be a lot of passing. So. In a weird way, I kind of like Daniel Jones the best uh, the rest of the way. I would maybe say Trey Lance, but we just don't think that he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. It's Daniel Jones. This is why he was one of the two or three. I don't remember how many I wrote up, but he was one of the he was the first quarterback I went to in dumpster diving from last year because people were drafting yeah. him as a fringe QB one last year for this exact for what he's doing right now is why people were going crazy over Daniel Jones mm-hmm. as one of the best late round quarterbacks last year. And that's what he is right now. Having the year that a lot of people thought he was going to have last season, certainly. And yeah, you got to make like that it. clear. Like, I still don't like Daniel Jones. Just <laughs> right, right. Like <laughs> but for fantasy, he's been yes, working out all right. There's plenty of reason to believe he could continue working out all right the remainder of the season. Guys, you both sort of low on Joe Burrow this week. Uh, when I was putting the show together last night, you were both uh, what down like the QB 17, 18 range on Joe Burrow for this week. Jake, what's the case for? I mean, if you have Joe Burrow, you probably have a second guy. So maybe benching Joe Burrow in week five. 
It mostly just comes down to the, this is one of the ones where people are like, oh, why don't you like this guy? Why is he so low? Well, it's just look at the names in front of him. And that's the bigger issue here is, you know, Sam Darnold, toss up with him right now. But Sam mm-hmm. Darnold still we just talked about why he's been playing well for fantasy purposes. And they're back to back for me. Trey Lance. I'm again, I'm going Trey Lance for a full game. Daniel Jones, we just talked about once you get past those four. Now, where are you benching him? Like, or where you start? <laughs> I benching the other yeah. option. Herbert Rogers, Wilson, Hurts. Like, that's the issue. It's, it has yeah. nothing to do with Joe Burrow. It just has to do with who's in front of him. Yeah, and you know, just to be honest, I don't think he played that well for three quarters last week against Jacksonville. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not dropping him down because I don't think he's. You know, because I think he's playing bad. It's more he's been QB 16 to this point so far or, you know, right in that kind of mid-level teens range. And that's kind of where I have him ranked. I think I'm QB 19. But to Jake's point, it's it's more about I'm ranking him kind of normal to where he's delivered to this year. But also I like a few more guys this week a little bit better, like guys like Trey Lance are coming into the mix that haven't been there. So it bumps him down just a spot or two. It's still like, I mean, you, even though we had Joe Burrow coming into the season in that low end one, high end two range, it's still, I mean, this is, this is different, I think, than we would have expected uh, for him this year. Like you didn't expect him to be, you know, in the, like Sam Darnold to have risen to this level where he could be pushing Joe Burrow down. We didn't necessarily expect Daniel Jones to have risen to a level where he could slide Joe Burrow down. And yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it all adds up. Certainly it's not like this is an illogical case being made against Joe Burrow, but you know, maybe he is at least we're seeing here in week five that he's not necessarily the locked-in starter that a lot of us, and certainly I can speak for the three of us on the show, thought he was going to be at the start of the year. So we got a lot of fun things going on at the quarterback position, you know, head captained by Justin Fields and Trey Lance, both getting starts, and maybe, just maybe, at least for one of them, we see them be a consistent fantasy starter for the rest of the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's get to the running back position here. Typically, we stay away from the Thursday night game because we want this show to have full utility all the way through to Sunday. But we have to talk about, I think, the Seattle backfield because it sounds as though Chris Carson unlikely to play in the Seahawks-Rams game on Thursday night. How are we handling this, Funston? You feel comfortable with Alex Collins as a go in your fantasy lineups? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he looks good. He looked good last week. He looked good in the preseason. Um, I think he's – like, I will probably rank him – uh, I haven't ranked, I haven't taken out Carson yet, but I'll probably put him right around where I had Carson, which is kind of 19, 20, 21 at the running back position. Um, not only has he looked good, the Rams haven't looked particularly good stopping running backs in fantasy either. So I think you can feel decently comfortable about him filling in for Carson and getting 
pretty much the Carson work. There really hasn't been anybody else that is is like barking for touches in that backfield right now. Yeah, so I actually have Carson in 24. I'll probably similarly put in Collins, but I'm a little bit lower just because the one thing about Seattle and the teams even said this and for one of the for everything that Pete Carroll does, like he has nine times out of ten been completely honest, which I ask what we love Pete Carroll about. Yeah. Like it's, he's one of the most honest coaches when it comes to his predicted uses and all the type of stuff. Is before this, it was that Alex Collins wasn't going to see a bigger role because he's just filling the role that was meant for Rashad Penny. So I say that to set up this is I am putting him in where Carson is, which is a fine workload. But still, Carson's not getting 20 touches every single week. So I still think whether it's Travis Homer or DJ Dallas, somebody else is going to be involved where I'm only saying that is Funston and I are only dif- difference by about two or three spots. But for mm-hmm. the people that are like, Alex Collins, top 20, top 15 is like not even good enough because it's the Seattle backfield. I still yeah. think somebody else is involved a little bit. And, and- so- yeah, I, I would yeah, expect it to probably me. probably be um, Travis Homer because he's mm-hmm. their best pass blocker, and the Rams line has given Seattle's offensive line fits mm-hmm. forever. So uh, it's probably Homer. But, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I would say that there's probably a bigger discrepancy between what Travis Homer brings to the table uh, compared to Alex Collins and what Alex Collins brings to the table compared to Chris Carson. So, like yeah. – I would expect that maybe Collins gets a little bit bigger role than what you would expect a Chris Carson role to be. Jake, just looking at those next three guys on your list that you have behind Carson right now, they're Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon. Are you starting any of those three over Alex Collins? No. And to be honest with you, I might even go Alex Collins. He might not be 24. He might move up one spot in front of Josh Jacobs. All right. Maybe even Chuba. It's it's, it's, it's low in RB2, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll see if CMC ends up coming back this week. Someone else who you have in that range as a low-end RB2, Jake, is Kareem Hunt, and that sort of means you hate him. You just hate Kareem <laughs> Hunt because the consensus on him is RB15. You've got him down at RB21. What gives? Uh, yeah, I skipped right past that question where somebody put in the comments was like, why do you hate Kareem Hunt? Like, so <laughs> Forcing look, you to I answer understand. it here. <laughs> I know. Well, there. so I'm going to tell you why. There's a process behind it, and I, I could possibly be wrong, but everybody you know, is looking at the usage recently, and it's been a lot bigger split than a lot of people expected, but Nick Chubb is still getting his. And what it comes down mm. to is Kareem Hunt is the second option. He's getting plenty of work, but you also need the Browns to essentially be running 50-plus plays because it is going to be run game first. But what I look at here, and if you dig into it, through, if you go to True Media – two defenses that have allowed their offenses opponents to run the fewest amount of plays are the Browns. And then the chargers are actually top 10 in allowing opponents to run plays. So I'm not saying all that to basically, I think the under is potentially intriguing because I think a lot of people are looking at this team thinking offense, thinking how these teams have looked and thinking shootout where I think this could be a slower pace than what people are expecting opportunity wise. And that's really all it comes down to when you take away three touches for Kareem Hunt, he just slides down to RB low. This, this, it's really what it is. It's projections, and it has to do with the game flow here. Fun, so I'm going to jump in with a question for you from Austin Daly. Thanks for watching, Austin. Related to this game, James Robinson, Nick Chubb, if you can only start one, who are you starting? Oh, man. I think <laughs> – I have to go look because I this is this is a great question. I think I have these guys back to back, and I might have made a you know my gut said James Robinson. That's what I'm at. I'm at Robinson seven have, and Chubb I have eight. Robinson at ten and Chubb at twelve in a full point PPR. 
Yeah. Oh, so in the full point PPR, yeah, I'm with you because yeah. I'm I'm ranking for half PPR, and it would only be to Robinson's advantage in a full point PPR, obviously. Yep. So, yeah. All right, you. there you go, Austin. If you got to have one this week, our guys like James Robinson, Damian oh Williams going to get his first start for the Bears this week. Bears playing the Raiders. We know he's Pardon. likely to be the main uh, running back in Chicago for the next four, five, maybe six weeks, maybe through the Bears' Week Ten bye. What's a good? What does a good game look like? What gives you confidence? You're starting Damian Williams this week, almost certainly, if you just spend all that fab to get him, right, Funston? So, right. what get? What what does a game against the Raiders look like that makes you say, "Yeah, I'm ready to start Damian Williams next week"? Also, Jake, do you have your projections? Because this is what I came up with as a good game, and you tell me how far it's off of your projections. All right. Uh, 14, car- 14 carries, 63 yards, three catches, 25 yards, touchdown. The touchdown's like, you know, I know you have like 0. 0.5 or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Right. Yeah. So uh, how, I'm how, laughing how, because the projections are 13.4 carries of 58.1 yards okay. and then 3.1 catches and 22.5 receiving yards. All right. So this is that's that's your projection game. And I gave you the good, good version of that, which was slightly mm-hmm. Only slightly higher, so pretty close. What was your RB? And that's RB fifteen, by the way. And you feel good there too, Jake. I mean, if he if he hits those projections, you feel comfortable with him as a guy who you are like starting until he proves otherwise that he shouldn't be. So I'll I'll kind of turn the question around on you. The only way I don't feel good about Damian Mm -hmm. Williams is if it's a fifty fifty split with Herbert. That's yeah. the only way I don't feel good about it. So if it's a 65-35 split and he just goes out there and has 18 touches and only gets 40 mm-hmm. yards and it's just a really ugly-looking day and somehow Las Vegas just kind of got after him because they can get after yeah. the quarterback, so maybe that sure. affects the run game. So, But the touches, I'm going to be more interested in the touches than the yards in this game. You yeah. just described a Mike Davis game, by the way. You know? <laughs> 18 uh, touches for 45 yards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yep, that's been that's been the Mike Davis game with Cordell Patterson eating away way, 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 way too much of that for uh, those of us who are invested in Mike Davis. I think that, I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I do think that, you know, I talked to Kevin Fishbane, our Bears beat reporter, earlier this week on the Tuesday episode of this show where we talked with our beat writers. And he said that, he thinks he expects Herbert to have a larger role as the number two than Damian Williams did as the number two, but that Damian Williams should be comfortably the number one back so long as David Montgomery is out. And I think that's a fair expectation uh, going into it before we've seen it. We'll see exactly how things play out here. I'm going to skip uh, a question on our sheet because I've got a little work to do over here. So why don't you guys both take a, a whack at this one? You are loving. We know all about playoff, Lenny. You guys are loving week five, Lenny. Both of you uh, have Leonard Fournette ranked comfortably as an RB2. Uh, what's the case for Leonard Fournette as an easy starter this week? Uh, take this one first, Jake. Basically, no Geo into the factor at this point, and also no Ronald Jones in the factor at this point, too. Like, don't get fooled by the the talk. Basically, garbage touchdown that he got. Not garbage time, but just garbage touchdown that he got. It's <laughs> yeah. just this backfield is finally cleared up. And it is finally Leonard Fournette we can trust. And I hate saying that because you said confident and I just said the word trust. And I don't ever want to throw those words into a backfield having to do with Bruce Arians. But uh, you know what? 
for the fact that like we always worried about getting Shanna Hannigan, like that's yep. the thing. Like we're, we're gonna get Bruce Arian and whatever it might be <laughs> as soon as we trust him. But you know, as it stands, we have to trust what's happening. And right now, Leonard Fournette yeah. is the best option in that backfield. Yeah, I mean, I've been trailing the Leonard Fournette comment. I've been the tail on this thing for for weeks. You know, <laughs> well, but, the, I've been but, there with you. Yeah, but Leonard Fournette comment is like, is a pretty good uh, team name if you have Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Fournette Boston and I are like the comments going. We're like at the fishing pole and we're still. <laughs> hanging way down at the bottom like, like no we're getting dragged along here exactly we don't really want to. well i mean but 63 snaps last week you, you can't you can't argue that you can't argue that he was over 40 receiving yards had been over 24 receiving yards every game with geo out as jake mentioned he's the receiving guy and, and he's also the top rusher and it's you know, right. it's not a daunting, daunting matchup this week either. So you kind of have to begrudgingly give Leonard Fournette his. I mean, the numbers <laughs> don't said, lie. You said it's not daunting, and I thought you said donkey at first. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I mean, to trust, like, I feel like a donkey trusting him. <laughs> donkey Comet, the new, the new album from Leonard Fournette <laughs> starting fantasy running back. All right, guys, you did a great job there. Tap dancing a little bit for me to have some time to come up with everyone's favorite segment, make a case for. We've got four <laughs> random, random guys <laughs> in here. Yeah, you heard, you heard the papers. You heard them going crazy there, right? We've got four random dudes here. Jake and Brandon have, I mean, I guess if they, they know where I'm going with it, so maybe they could narrow it down to a range of players who I'm going to ask him to talk about. You give me way uh, more credit but, than like reading this sheet than you should. <laughs> but, you, but you know that this is going to be someone who you maybe like a little bit oh, more so than maybe consensus. Somebody like, probably see, but, somewhere look, look, in the RB 23 the hit, to 28 range. I was also dancing around while I was pulling up a stat trying to waste time to get to the stat. By the way, Leonard Fournette <laughs> is the 20th highest in snap percentage for running backs, which is something I don't think we would have ever said. Never would have thought that yeah. at all. Uh, all right, let's get back to make a case for four guys. Jake, you're up first. I'm going to – Brandon, pass. you're up first. <laughs> Brandon, you're up first. <laughs> I did pass. Uh, now that I see the guy, because I really want Brandon to talk about the new, new-ish Ravens starting running back. Yeah, Latavius you might want to put Murray. it on the screen. <sighs> I feel like Right a, there, Latavius Murray. Make the case, Brandon. I feel like a defense attorney defending a bad guy. That, um, But <laughs> you know what? I, actually, I mean – Look at Latavius Murray is now the number one. He is, you know, he's the he he was Gus Edwards before Gus Edwards got hurt. You know, I always call Latavius Murray the yeah. NFC's version of Gus Edwards. You know, and and like and, and being the number one guy in the Ravens backfield means touchdown upside. He already has three touchdowns in this offense, and he really hasn't touched the ball a whole lot. But oh, by the way, he gets eighteen carries last week, has a season high in snaps. Seems like it's a little bit more definitive. We saw uh, him as the number one guy. Tyson Williams is out. I looked it up. The Ravens running back rushing touchdowns the last four years, they've been no worse than seventh. I mean, they just this offense produces goal line opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going to have to live with no passing down work a whole lot. I mean, they don't throw the running backs very much. You're going to have to live with some weeks where it's 60 yards and no touchdown. But a lot of weeks, it's going to be 60 yards and a touchdown, which we've seen already. We've seen that like basically three weeks now. So um, that's, I mean, that's my case for Latavius. Like that, are you starting like Latavius over Melvin Gordon? Yeah. Other guys like I that? am. I am this yeah. week. Here, here's, here's the quick version of what Funston just said. Probably. Everybody was fall, falling out of their chairs for Gus Edwards. This is yeah. now Gus Edwards. Yeah. It's, right, right. It's, it's just a different name. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. We started Latavius Murray over James Conner. Yes. Yes. They're kind of similar, um, but he, I, yeah, Murray, that's what I'm saying. These are like they're guys similar, but Murray just has a little bit bigger share. Like Murray's got yeah, a bigger exactly. share of the work. 
All right, so Latavius Murray leading the, the charge for those guys. Jake, there's three guys left for you. Let's take this one. Oh, yeah. We've talked about him a little bit. Michael Carter, is the takeover happening? Make the case, Jake. What do you got? It, it's been happening. It's been happening for weeks. The the issue here with Michael Carter, it's a slow burn. Like, this is what we talked about at the beginning of the season. Uh, you can go back. You can check the tape. You can go back and play it back. I said, what, week six? How many times did I say week six? I said, worst case, week eight. I was, I was putting it in the six to eight range. We're now in week five. It's a slow burn. It's slowly happening. It's slowly getting there. And all that being said, as a reminder, and this is coming from one of the biggest, I think this entire show is a giant Michael Carter fan because I know Funston loves him too, but mm -hmm. one of the biggest fans about him is I said, remember, he's never going to be a bell cow though. So the slow burn is still only going to get you to 60, 65% because he's similar to Austin Eckler. And that's why there's so much upside with him is because he's a very similar running back. The Jets offensive line is a little bit more concerning. The offense is a little bit more concerning. You swap Austin Eckler and Michael Carter teams and i think people will be talking about michael carter's rb1 and a lot eckler would be better on the jets than carter is on the jets but you get <laughs> yeah. the point and that's yeah. the excitement here michael carter great solid locked in rb2 i think potentially starting week six it might even happen this week yeah you know what i, I like love that. that's that's how you make a case for a guy right there i that love is, that he got the goal line carry the, too. we're gonna put we're gonna I, put that on the postseason highlight reel of make a case for <laughs> right there. <Thank> you. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's try to make a case here. I was about to say Saquon. We even got Barkley excited. She came over here for a visit. <laughs> Do you ever call her Saquon just like for fun? No, like that a was nickname? the very first time I, I'm almost <laughs> I actually like, I almost said Saquon Barkley. <laughs> uh, all right, let's fill in this blank here, you guys. And uh, uh, Funston, why don't you take this one first? I'm starting Miles my Sanders if... <laughs> Um, if, is if this I, only this week or is this permanent going forward? This is this week. I'm starting Miles okay. Sanders here in week five. If if um, I believe this game is going to be somewhat competitive. I, I mean, like if I don't have two or three guys that I have ranked ahead of him on my roster. I mean, I don't know how I want to say this. I don't really like right now. I'd like to not be in a position to have to start Miles Sanders. Um, I think it's a yeah. bad matchup. I think he's coming off a couple bad games. Um yeah, I mean Sanders right now is in is in fantasy doghouses. I mean he's yep. he's got nine carries in the last two weeks. Not good. So I, I don't know, Jake. I mean I'm still ranking him top end RB three, but I don't think you can you can't. Are you playing Are you playing Gainwell over him? Would you play if you had both? Would you play Gainwell before you played Sanders? No, I, I wouldn't. Just you know, it's. I mean, look if you wanted to imagine that that Philadelphia is just chasing in this game the whole time. They might actually want to have Gainwell out there more often than Sanders. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I always believe that if Sanders is their best running back and they haven't been getting anything rush production out of them the last couple of weeks, they come in with a concerted effort to try to get that guy going. Oh, that's what it comes down to. You start him if you think the Eagles are going to be competitive in this game. Uh, the Eagles. Can you guys figure out why this is a three and a half point spread? Uh, like why it shouldn't be I more? I feel like it should be – this is uh, Carolina, for anyone who doesn't know off the top of their head. Philly's playing Carolina this week. And, yeah, I feel like it should be more. I, I honestly don't. Uh, you know, I, I think Carolina's exceeded expectations, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, certainly. I think part of it is if it wasn't for the fact that Sam Darnold running for touchdowns, I just <laughs> it still comes down to I look at these two teams. I don't think there's that big a talent gap between the two teams. Uh, uh -huh. They've If you, sit, you go back to – like, have it this way. Look at the rosters – and then say, who should be winning more games? I just think the Panthers are doing everything right, and the yeah. Eagles are doing everything wrong. And that's it's really why you have the difference. This week. Yeah, so if you think the Eagles can be competitive, 
or winning, it's Miles Sanders. It's if you think they're getting blown out and losing. And I uh-huh. think the Eagles keep this game competitive. I have him at RB26. I don't feel great about it, but he's down there with split backfield options like Melvin right, Gordon right. and stuff like that's where you're at now. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you and say so, uh, is Stephon Gilmore going to play this week? He's not, he can't play this week, can he? Oh, no, yeah, he's, no, he's got two weeks. He could because yeah. he was also it was also right, the right. COVID situation. He's got to right, clear too, right. so he's got two weeks. Right, right. I forgot about that. Not even yeah. week six. He's Man, out there by week I tell seven. you, as a yeah. Seattle fan, seeing Carolina in season pull in <laughs> C.J. Henderson and Stephon yeah. Gilmore and <laughs> Stephon Gilmore in the same season, <laughs> yeah. give me a break. This is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Could certainly use guys like that against the Rams on Thursday night. <laughs> no doubt. Um, all right, let's go to let's go to this. Uh, I know we've already touched on some of these. I, I like the boxy guys in. I know we've touched on some of these guys. Don't go back to anyone we've talked about. An RB three who you think should be in lineups this week. No, don't give me Michael Carter. You already made that case. Don't give me Latavius Murray. Jake, you take this one first. Someone who is consensus graded as an RB three that you think needs to be in lineups this week. Well, my, I was going to say, Michael Carter is the one that's the highest difference that I got over. Yeah, I know. We already talked about him. Though. Yeah, I know. So I'm looking for somebody else. I mean, you're the one that set that up, that problem-wise. So, all right, well, I'll give you this one. He is – is he consensus? He is. Javante Williams. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, missing practice, but Melvin Gordon still sounds mm-hmm. like he's going to play. But this backfield is similar to Michael Carter. So, hey, it's going to take some time. Slow burn. Week six. Uh, it might actually take a little bit longer because it's as long as Melvin Gordon stays out there productive. He's been productive to this point. But mm-hmm. even if my Melvin Gordon is out there, the split between them hasn't been bad enough where it's actually a better floor without the ceiling of the Arizona backfield between these two. So it's the safer options of the Arizona guys, but it's the you know lower ceiling. So I think Javante Williams, if you need the option, I was going to say Elijah Mitchell, but I feel like everybody's going to put him in, slap him into consensus if he's actually out there. Plus, it's like it's a who knows. I I would say Samaje P Ryan right here, but but we don't yeah. know on that one either. Which, but that's me- a good answer. I mean, make the, let's hear the the, the mixing out P Ryan case. I mean, that's a good answer. You know, we're we're still speculating seventy two hours out from Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's a. We know what Samaje Piran is in this offense. We saw at the end of last year, it wasn't that bad. I mean, he's not Joe Mixon, um, but he can you know he can he can come in and P Ryan or Hubbard. Um. I'm probably going to go Hubbard. The interesting thing about Hubbard is is the Rodney Smith thing happening last week, which was <laughs> – and, and I reached out to Joe Person, who covers Carolina for the Athletic, and he's like, they like Rodney Smith as their pass-catching back. So mm-hmm. so the the trouble with Hubbard is if they don't – if they don't have a lead or it's even, then he's probably out of the game. But I think this week that's going to be okay for Hubbard. So he should get the volume. Um, I would probably lean – P. Ryan or Sanders. I think the good question is like P Ryan or Collins, that two two guys filling in. Oh, for, I don't even think it's close. Who do you think's better, Collins? Collins, yeah, I, Collins. I, I do too. Uh, yeah, my, well, that's why I'm saying I, I'm ranking P Ryan right now in like the low 30s as he's likely to play. I probably have him right there where I have Collins uh-huh. in the like low 20s. Yeah, because I was going to say my biggest thing is I think Chris Evans is a bigger threat than anybody in the backfield for mm-hmm. Seattle because I think Chris Evans versus P. Ryan on a pure talent situation is better all-around running back as Chris Evans. But obviously Chris Evans has the same Trey Sermon concern of like rookie stepping into the NFL as you ready to pass, block, all that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. One more. Let's get one more Collins question in here while we're talking about him. Collins or Trey Sermon? This one for Buzzer Beater. Thanks for listening, Buzzer Beater. <laughs> yeah, it's Collins. 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 Collins and uh, yeah, I agree with Collins. And I have Trey Sermon with Elijah Mitchell playing still as the lead. 
because I think he fits yeah. better with Trey Lance, and I think we saw enough. With I mean, hell, that second half, you saw what Trey Sermon could be with a quarterback. We talked about it last week when you weren't here, Beller. We talked about it the week before. Sermon didn't play, as you know, Beller, didn't play a lot with the center or quarterback under center, and he yep. looks better with, I think, as long as Lance is at quarterback, I want Sermon. When Garoppolo comes back, it's Mitchell time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we can just scrap that question. We're pitting me and Jake on our sermon ranks because yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all fluid. I mean, I'm, I'm, right. you know, I don't know if it's sermon leading the way with Mitchell and you know Lance there or like who knows what. Like mm-hmm. th- there'll be a little bit more description of what's going to happen with this backfield before Sunday. That's going to influence my rankings yeah. for sure. Well, thanks, Shadow Host. I was already going <laughs> to skip it, and no one would have even known it was in the show. But now it's now it's out there. For the whole sure. world to hear about. One more question at the running back position. We're going to b- beef this up a little bit. An RB2 that you would be a little bit wary about starting this week. What do you got here? You're nodding away, Funston. Why don't you take this one first? It's my guy. I think it's got to be Josh Jacobs. He's a, he's a guy that I still have ranked RB2, and it's begrudging. I mean, I think we have to assume he's still a little bit hurt, not 100% healthy. I mean, it's, what is, I mean, his yards per carry way down. He's kind of James Conner right now where he's sort of touchdown dependent, or Latavius Murray where it's sort of touchdown dependent because there's just not a whole lot of upside. Um with the rushing yards and really in the passing game. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you know, Peyton Barber's out now. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to say nobody. I, I know that's not what you want, but nobody It's good. But here's why go to my intro of my column for the ranks this week. You cannot have too many running no, backs, no one reads which, those. yeah, I know you can't have too many <laughs> running backs. Stop trying to trade away your third level running back, which is like a Damian Harris. And then your next man up is like AJ Dillon. We have buys starting next week in week six. You can't have enough running backs, but I'm saying that to answer this question too, is if yeah. you have a top 25 running back, start. just start like you, we're already thinned out. We're already talking about no Chris Carson this week, potentially mm-hmm. no, J- we're already at the point now where I think, wow, Beller, you would have to probably get down to like 30, 35 before you start saying like, before you like should be twice a- about yeah. someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who should be on your bench. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a thin, thin place in the running back world. Oh, it and don't forget, necessarily- London's uh, this week for everybody with second oh, yes. lineups. Yeah, don't forget. 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, the Jets and the Falcons kicking off in London. Just <laughs> sorry, our finest, sorry, London. Our <laughs> finest exports to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this weekend. Uh, let's get to wide receiver, guys. Uh, that's a position that has not thinned out at all, unless maybe maybe you have both these guys on your team, Robert Woods and Allen Robinson. I know all of us are expecting much better days ahead for these guys. We, we got some talk about Robert Woods, maybe a squeaky wheel situation finally this week. Allen Robinson, plenty of reason to believe. Arrows up for him with Justin Fields, now the locked-in starter. Either of these guys, Jake, benchable this week? Uh, benchable is quite possible. I'm actually surprised. I thought I was still going to be higher than most on both of them, and apparently I'm under consensus on both of them. Uh, really comes down to yeah, Robert Woods, he got the nice Sean McVay. We need to get him more involved, but okay, sure. Mm-hmm. What, why didn't you get him more involved the first four games? It's not because he was That's where I'm going. Is like McVay's wrong in what he's saying. I know he's trying to say that to sound nice, but... Robert Woods has still been on the field the second most. He's still been targeted the second most. He still has the second most in red zone, which is something we always talked about that he doesn't get, and end zone targets. Matthew Stafford's looking his way. They're just not connecting. So it's more of, you could say, regression to the mean and the fact that he should be more productive on the opportunities he's getting, and that should work right when you're talking about the level of Stafford and Woods. Mm -hmm. But Van Jefferson is still out there a ton. They're still running a three-wide a hell of a lot more than they did. 
and you have a running back like Daryl Henderson, I think it can get better, but he's not going to be top 15 like people had hoped that Stafford would turn him into this year. I think he's more now in the 20 to 25 range, which is still fine, but he's not benchable. Allen Robinson's more benchable, in my opinion. He caught all three of his targets last week, but Justin Fields and his arm, as we just saw, is better for Mooney. I actually think Andy Dalton and that Andy Dalton offense would be better for Allen Robinson's style in this offense. I'm just going to weigh in on the Robert Woods thing. It's like, you know, it was something that was, I was saying early on Cooper Cup is he was getting so many, dominating so many of the targets was that eventually defenses are going to adjust to that, you know, and, and you wonder, it's hard to tell in just watching the game without watching the coaches tape and really seeing how the schemes were working, but it didn't seem easy last week for Cooper Cup, yet Stafford still targeting him 13 times, but he only caught five balls, terrible percentage. So you're wondering now, okay, maybe is this going to work to Robert Woods' favor as Matt Stafford starts to realize that, you know, you're going to get a little bit more yellow and, and red lights going to Cooper Cup than you had in the first few weeks. Let's stay on Allen Robinson for a second here and bring in another guy who I already wanted to talk about. We're going to do it through a question from Gandalf305. Would you trade Allen Robinson for LaVisca Chenault? So let's take that question, Funston, and then let's also talk about what I wanted to talk about with respect to Visca, which is with DJ Chark out, what do you got to see from him to feel like he's someone who you are starting as a like a default starter uh, in, in leagues where you have him? Well, with LaVisca, it's always been about consistency. Do the cool stuff and the and the good stuff that you did last week. Do it again the next week and then the next week. Mm-hmm. Or, or do something close. You know, he's been – he's flashes and then he just goes away. I mean, he's in a great position now with DJ Chark out. You look at his average depth of target last week. I know he had that one big play, but it's been going up every week. He went from four at the beginning of the year to five <laughs> point something to six point something to last week 13 point something. And you start to think, okay, maybe – He's not going to have to live around the line of scrimmage as much anymore with DJ Chark out. Would I trade? Look at this is the this is one hundred and one of no. You don't tr- you don't sell Allen Robinson at a low for Lavisca Chenault at a high coming off a good game last week. I I'm not ready to make I'm not ready to pull the trigger on this yet. I still think that if Justin Fields settles in, got the big arm. People talk about, oh, he's going to be better for Darnell Mooney and Andy Dalton will be better for Allen Robinson. Well, Allen Robinson can still play the vertical game and take advantage of Justin Fields' big arm as well. So I'm going to ride this one out with Allen Robinson a little bit longer. Agreed. <laughs> All right, Jake, obviously. Let's talk about this because you, um, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, Jake. Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, but yeah. I was going through your rankings and wide receiver 17. It's still a comfortable starter. He's still DeAndre Hopkins, but what's up with wide receiver 17 for DeAndre Hopkins and a team that rolls out of bed and puts up 31 points? He hates DeAndre what's up Hopkins. What's with that? He hates him. What's up with that? What's up with that? Put, put, bring put, that him in, put him in the, the group with Kareem Hunt, guys that he hates. <laughs> yeah, I hate Kareem Hunt and DeAndre Hopkins. They're the worst players ever. In <laughs> Two least forever. favorite players in the NFL. We all know it. Yeah, so uh, really what it comes down to is just the team target percentage of what DeAndre Hopkins has turned into. It's actually our worst fears. It's what actually a lot of people said this was the concern with Hopkins last year, and it wasn't right, and now it Mm -hmm. is. It's the fact he hasn't had a 20% of the team's target on on the year so far. Granted, week three, kind of a decoy-ish. If you take that out, he's still barely only over 20%. It has nothing to do with DeAndre Hopkins not being one of the best receivers in the NFL. It just has to do with what the Cardinals offense is now. And the Cardinals offense is DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, and Max Williams. They have seven guys involved Mm -hmm. 
any given week. And you could say, okay. And you got Kyler running for a touchdown in three of the four, first four games. Right. That's not even getting to that. <laughs> but the point being is, like, even if you take out two, you're still down to five. And that's really yeah. what it comes down to. I like DeAndre Hopkins, but he's going against San Francisco. And it just has to do with the fact that it's DeAndre Hopkins at an 18 to 20% target share where it used to be 24 25. If you told me, if you said, hey, Jake, he's getting 25% of the targets this week, I'd say, mm-hmm. put him at seven or eight. And that's really what it yeah. comes down to. You know, if Jake had DJ Moore, AJ Brown, and Debo Samuel on a team with DeAndre Hopkins, he wouldn't start DeAndre Hopkins. So you, you, that, that is true. <laughs> there you, you go. You know what's you know what's common about Someone's those guys? Got that team. Someone's got. I was that. gonna say, you know what's common about those guys is the friggin' target share that those are getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> DJ Moore, yeah. just like Cooper Cup, double digit targets every single week. Yeah unbelievable with the way they've been funneling him the ball and I mean did it last week even with Robbie Anderson getting 11 himself right and so I know that Rob, you know, what did Robbie Carolina catch, like was four yeah, yeah <laughs> five four five yeah something like that but it was a touchdown. Joe person speaking to him uh, earlier Carolina Panthers beat writer at the athletics said that was deliberate they wanted to get him more involved. They still want to get him more oh. involved. So take that. Take <laughs> I that. Thought you said del- what I thought when you said deliberate was the fact that they didn't get the touchdown. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they just wanted to totally leave that missed one. Him. Missed him on purpose. No, the, the 11 targets was deliberate. They want to get him more. They wanted to get him more quick. involved Matt, last week, and Matt they wanted to get him more like, involved going Matt forward. Matt Rule is giving the no touchdown sign for Robbie Anderson. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, jokes aside, as we're all laughing, real quick, I wanted to say this. is like I was on the firm buy low on Robbie Anderson. I've mm-hmm. cooled off on that a little bit because you're right. They wanted to get him involved, but you know what happened? Sam Darnold happened. Yeah. It's like just the connection wasn't there. And yes, that touchdown yeah. and that one missed play could change everything. But that kind of concerted effort and he got double digit targets. He's not getting double yeah. digit targets every single week. So right. Robbie Anderson Especially with CMC on the way back. Yeah, boom bust wide receiver three slash four, really at this point. All right, let's go head-to-head for a second here. I think this one still holds. Jake much higher on Odell Beckham. Jake's got him wide receiver 29, Brandon wide receiver 36. So in our very loose uh, Mine backed up a little bit when I updated right, this morning, wide... but I'm still ahead. Yeah, you're still ahead. Yeah. You're still ahead. Don't mess with me here, Jake. First, first full show back. The brain is operating at like 80% capacity. I'm trying not to mess with the people who go to the website and be like, I thought you said 29. <laughs> so it's just a right, heads you up. You like Beckham better. Brandon, yes. he's barely inside your top 36. Barely a wide receiver three for you. Jake, we can still say safely a wide receiver three for you. So yes. let's hear the pro Beckham case. Uh, the pro Beckham case is what actually we were just talking about with Robbie Anderson. It's just imagine if Baker Mayfield had any touch on that throw last week. <laughs> you, hey, you know what's funny? As if he would have thrown a duck like Trey Lance, Odell Beckham could have caught it and ran like Debo did after the catch and potentially scored a touchdown. It has to do with, you know, throwing it. But really what it comes down to, Odell Beckham is top 10 in unrealized air yards for everybody out there. It's the air yards thrown your way versus your receiving yards. He's still getting all the volume, all the opportunity, all the big plays that Odell Beckham is. Mm-hmm. He's just been slightly off on the same page as Baker Mayfield, which is something that's actually been the entire career of Baker and Odell really? together. And we've talked about it last year is the fact that forcing it to Odell was a problem for Baker. So mm-hmm. it really comes down to just like Robbie Anderson, the quarterback is the problem. Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are the problems here. However, volume Volume, volume, and that's really what it comes down to. There is nobody else to really throw the ball to until Jarvis Landry gets back. Yeah, and then, I, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I mean, this is Baker Mayfield and 
Odell Beckham the last 19 games, regular season <laughs> games, Odell hasn't had more than 87 yards in a game. Most of the time it's like 50, you know, it's right in that range. He's mm-hmm. he's found the end zone in just five of those 19 games. Baker Mayfield has one of the worst adjusted completion percentages in the league. He's not an accurate quarterback. He's I don't think sure. he's that good of a quarterback. So so here here's what it'll come down to is another part of the intro of my article, Fustin, and not coming for you and for, for like people that <laughs> when I'm trying to decide between a wide receiver three and four level guy in my lineup, Odo Beckham is I'm going to chase the ceiling more times than not. Now, mm-hmm. I want to for everybody out there, if my top two wide receivers are like Tyler Lockett and Marquise Brown, who are both boom or bust already, I'm not putting in Beckham. I would put in a Chenault. Or a Pittman or somebody like that, like where the floor is that I, I offset my risk. But if my top two wide receivers are locked in steady, one of them's Keenan Allen, that type of thing, then I'm going Odo Beckham. And that's really what it comes down to. I don't disagree with you that much, Funston. It's just I'm going for the upside of what Beckham can bring. Yeah, I, I, I agree to you. And I factored in the matchup as well. I mean, the Chargers have held Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Henry Ruggs. They've held them all at bay. I mean, they've done a really good job. It's a lot easier when you're facing Cleveland to say, okay, it's Odell here. Where you're facing Dallas, like, you know, we got Cooper and Lamb. You know, so I I think that's going to be a further problem for Odell this week. Brandon Staley, the fantasy world's favorite coach, doing a good job on the defensive side of the ball as well as we would expect, considering that's where he uh, made his bones and got his uh, got his way to a head coaching job on the defensive side of the ball. Let's make a case for someone, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Four more players. We're gonna select them all here at random. Let's see. Mm, yeah, this is a good one. Jake, why don't you take this one? It is another cardinal for you. AJ Green, make the case. <laughs> Uh, because he's his life has been resuscitated. He is off life support. He got the paddles. He is back to living in the fantasy world and the real life world. He pulled the Larry Fitzgerald. It just took him two weeks to get there because the past two weeks, I, he's honestly on the heels. They go back to the target share yeah. and everything like that type of stuff. He's on the heels of Hopkins. Again, I know I'm factoring in week three was the fact that Hopkins was a decoy, but you can't take away from if you just watched the game, Forget metrics and all that type of stuff. You just watched. You would sit there and say, A.J. Green is the second most wide rece- effective wide receiver on this team. And I say yeah. explosive. I'm saying effective because he's out there the second most on Hopkins heels. He's seeing the second most opportunities. And when he's getting those opportunities, he's been productive. And he's scoring touchdowns. And A.J. Green, no, is he three, four years ago A.J. Green? No, mm-hmm. but 90% of what – and we're talking about A.J. Green was one of the best receivers in the game. So – I'm I'm fine with AJ Green. AJ Green, until further notice, is the second highest of all Cardinals wide receivers ahead of Kirk, ahead of trying to figure out Rondell Moore and all that type of stuff. I think you could start him most weeks. There you go, and just uh, doing the the path that so many regular people do, right? He's in the Midwest his whole career, goes down to Arizona and finds some new life there. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful a beautiful path for AJ Green. All right, Funston, here's your guy. Here's your guy. Let's go with yeah, that's good. Oh boy, Uh-oh. I dropped it. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oh, no, I just lost an AirPod. It's a bad omen, for, it's a bad omen for my guy. Manny Sanders. Oh, it's a bad omen for Manny, Manny Sanders. Sanders is your guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> we- no. Weirdly, kind of uh, similar to A.J. Green. Old 30-something uh, wide receiver finding new life with a new team. Oh, Manny Sanders. Manny Sanders. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and living in the shadow of, a, of an alpha receiver and living well. I mean, yeah. uh, behind Stephon Diggs, I think like A.J. Green, Sanders has at least six targets in every game. He's in one of the most highly, you know, high high-volume pass attacks in the league. 
and he's he's putting up solid production week in and week out. Found the end zone a couple times a couple weeks ago, but he's getting you know 50, 60, 70 yards most weeks. And this week in particular, I really like him because he's going against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are giving up a ton of big plays. Manny Sanders averaging 16.8 yards per catch, which is easily his career high. Um, so, yeah, I think he's kind of settled in as the number two. You know, some weeks Cole Beasley is going to bubble up, but I think, you know, over the long haul, Manny Sanders looks like the guy that I would rather have than Cole Beasley and be like the second guy in this offense in the passing attack behind Diggs. All right, guys, we got to cut something here. You want to go happy or sad and wide receiver? We're happy or, or sad panda? Um, ten things. Mm. Let's go. You know, let's let's go. Let's go. I, sad. Just because you guys just you guys ahead. just made a case for someone. So let's go the opposite direction. A wide receiver three who belongs on benches in week five. Uh, uh, Brandon, what do you got? Did I write one down? Jake, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a wide receiver. I, I'll tell you. Uh, wow. I'm. Oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay, go ahead. Yes, take it away. Devonte Smith. I think we're uh, we're recency biasing this one uh, with him. You look at Devontae Smith, and I just look at this Carolina. With with Jalen Hurts, you kind of feel good about him kind of being protected and being able to kind of get into a rhythm in the passing game. And Carolina is one of the best defenses in terms of sacks, getting pressure. They're coming off a bad loss on the road to Dallas. They get to go home. I just don't like it. I mean, we've seen two good games from Devonta Smith. We've seen two bad games. And I feel like this is the potential to be on the bad side based upon the setup with the defense, with Jalen Hurts. I, you know, it's nothing against Devonta Smith, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to have one of those just off games because he can't get himself into a rhythm. Yeah, so you know what? I I hate to do it, but I'm going to just echo Fonson on this one. And this is from That's a Devontae good. Smith fan. Uh, this is somebody that said last week he was top five in unrealized air yards. And he's still top five even after that game because of how much the big play is going his way. But mm-hmm. all that being said is even before like Carolina, even before Stephon Gilmore, who's not in this game, is the Carolina Panthers are sixth and expected opportunities for wide receivers in general, but also part of it is because they are limiting the big play to wide receivers. Uh, so that's something you could do if you look at that skill set and that secondary. They can sit back and leave somebody hanging back where Devontae Smith can't get over the top of them. And if you're going to limit Devontae Smith getting over the top of you, I'm not saying it's a bad day, but you could be looking at a three for 60 versus a, you know a five or six for 110. Interesting game, certainly, between those two teams, Carolina and Philly. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I asked the question earlier. I just feel like Philly's still sort of living on that 32-6 to six game against Atlanta, uh, at least in the, <laughs> in the gambling market. And, you know, it's like, well, who cares about that game? And, like, 17-11 to 11 loss to the 49ers. Like, even what looked like a, a pretty good, quote, good loss then, it's like sort of a, eh, well, who cares? And Carolina, meanwhile, has been a relatively impressive team through the first month of the season. So, so interested to see, certainly. Um, definitely not in Survivor, Jake, but you know, against the spread, that could be something that I think about. Excited for sure to watch that one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, we're going to talk tight ends for once because uh, we had a few guys emerge last week that if people are looking for tight end help, maybe some of them over the last couple of weeks, they could potentially buy into them. So we got the same question. Are we buying blank? Uh, First one, Funston. 
We buying Dawson Knox. Um, we are, and and Jake, for the reasons Jake's mentioned, I think on the Monday show, um, is that he is a guy that Josh Allen's looking for in the red zone, and this is a team that scores a lot of points, and mm-hmm. it's easy to imagine that won't go away if that's the case. I mean, it's like when you're talking about the area of the tight end ranks. Uh, where Dawson Knox lives, yep. and you're trying to decide between people, you're going to follow the guy that has, you know, touchdown upside. Because most times from a tight end, if you get the touchdown, doesn't matter what else they do, you're good. You know, and that's what Dawson Knox provides, and a little bit more. Jake, uh, yep. are we buying Dalton Schultz? <sighs> kind of, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it really comes down to is at least for now until Gallup. Michael Gallup comes back. Maybe my biggest mm-hmm. hesitancy here is that it's still almost a split with Blake Jarwin. But similar to OJ Howard and Cameron Bray back before Rob Gronkowski, is the split was there. But who's running more routes? And it's not Jarwin's still running plenty in his own right. It's just Schultz is always out there and he's always being involved. And yeah. Dak is looking his way, similar to Dawson Knox. And I. I might even for this week, I actually lean a little bit more Schultz than Knox for this week because he's less touchdown reliant than Knox is because Knox is still, what, 30, 40, maybe 50 yards. At least Schultz is getting you like 50, 60 a lot of weeks on top of it. All right, one more. Brandon, are we buying Mike Kosicki? Um, Well, the problem here is that it's been all Jacoby Brissett. You know, he did nothing. Boom. There he you did go. nothing with Tua. <laughs> so as long as Jacoby's out there, I'm buying Mike Kosicki. As long as they have, you know, Will Fuller's missing time and they don't have a full complement of people out there, I'm buying Kosicki. But, you know, it's uh, it's TBD once Tua comes back. So obviously buying now and then you got to hope that when Tua comes back, he can he can keep the Gasecki thing going. But it was nothing with Tua. It was literally two targets for zero yards, I believe, in week one. So, um, so yeah, we gotta we gotta pump the brakes a little bit, knowing that Tua is around the corner. All right, guys. Uh, Eleven a.m. Central Time, noon Eastern Time, ten or nine a.m. Pacific Time. One more question for you before we wrap up the show here, Jake. What's Monday's fantasy football headline? <laughs> Should Trey Lance remain quarterback? We're going to get this. He's going to have a really nice game, and they're going to be like, should we even put Jimmy Garoppolo back, Uh, which the San Francisco 49ers, I still believe, are 100% are doing as soon as he's healthy. Uh, This is not going to be Justin Fields because the talent disparity is, for winning purposes, is still Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. So the headlines are going to be, is Trey Lance the answer? Is Trey Lance the future? Blah, 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 Trey Lance. I think – the Bunched answer could got? be so badly no. I, I really think Trey Lance has the potential <laughs> to be a real crap show. Like that Arizona defense with what I saw last week for <laughs> Trey Lance, I think there could be like some really bad picks, some just some really like goofah kind of like plays that you're just watching on highlight reel, reel over and over. Goofah. <laughs> Yeah, just like just some just some just you know, just some hilarious kind of like, you know, highlight reel plays there, but uh, to go somewhere else, I guess I'll say it's the talk is going to be the forty-one thirty-eight Bills win over the Chiefs, Josh Allen over Pat Mahomes. I, I think there's a potential Ooh. for upwards of seventy plus points in that game in a real shootout. Chiefs have gone comfortably over in every single game so far this season. My fantasy uh, headline for Monday: the buy low window on Allen Robinson has slammed shut. After he goes for six, one thirty and two Woo. in the Bears, at least keeping it close, at least staying within the five and a half point spread against the Raiders in Vegas 
on Sunday. That's it. That's my headline. That's Jake's headline. That's Frunston's headline. And that is this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. You want to get a subscription to The Athletic? Guess what? You can do so for 50% off on your first year. Go to theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod to get that. For Jake and Funston, I am Michael Beller. The three of us back with you on Monday to look back at this and see if we're right about the headlines. This show returns on Friday. Me, Vic Taper, and Zach Jackson taking a look at the slate from a gambling perspective. I will talk to you then. The three of us will talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend. Let's go get some fantasy W's. Thank you.